0: Stripped down, know nothing podcast focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right. Whether they're easy listening or hard, from crazy to another postcard, mm. we're it's all been done. The podcast won't it be dull when I rid myself of my co host, Evan? He had a soul, but I ate it up. <laughs> it's my co host, Saker. That's scary. Oh, yeah. I'm scared.
1: Yeah, I mean, do you believe in the existence of the soul? No, okay. do you? Um. I like to think there is one. So it's sort of like a Pascal's wager thing where I'm like, yeah, sure. It'd be nice if there was.
0: Right. Okay. So right. do you, is that how you kind of predicate everything in your life is like, well, well, I don't believe in God, but I should pray tonight just in case. Well, everything theological. And, and Really? And so the, do you pray?
1: No. I mean, the existence of a God is different than the existence of a soul. Like a soul implies that there's some sort of afterlife and that there's some, some part of us will carry on. And that's, it's sort of like air, you know, sure. where it, there's no like moral component. 27 grams. Yeah. There's no moral component to soul, <laughs> ha- just having a soul. It's the sure. afterlife that when you start to get into those like questions.
0: Uh, but wait, questions. if you don't believe in a soul, then it doesn't matter cuz you still have one. So what's your Pascal's wager here? I know I it's not really a wager. I <laughs> I, I yeah. didn't say it, but <laughs> You yeah. said, I said it's it. like
1: a Pascal's wager.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, similar to a wager yeah, in that they yeah. both use
1: words. I'd like but... to think there's a soul. That's all. Sure. That's my only. Hey, bud. I'd like to think there's some sort of like unmoving mover in the universe. You that, like, like, to like to think that. I'd like to think that. I'd like to think that there's some sort of some part of me will carry on as either like a either as myself or like a part of a universal zeitgeist or like a god uh, like sure. in becoming or something like that. It's a sweet thought. I like to think that this is all. This all just isn't like me imagining this as I'm slowly. Like run through a
0: uh, ephemeral
1: grinder. Isn't it funny
0: that my brain isn't it funny in my head because I'm the only person that exists is making you say these words that are like (laughs) reflecting back on the solipsism. Aren't we? I (laughs) I mean, listen, that's all I know. Literally, all I know. Yeah, I mean, kind of. I mean, all I know is that I am the only. Who's who was that? All we know is that we are the only person that actually exists. I think, Uh, therefore, I am. Oh shit, Descartes, motherfucker. There you go. <laughs> All right.
1: Uh, I'm just I knew I'd get you there. Yeah. Socratic. Yeah. But I mean you can you can logically Infer the existence of things outside yourself. That's sort of what, like, the modern branch of philosophy is, yeah, of t- course, concerned with doing is like inferring existence outside your own perception. This is... without questioning, you, without using your perceptions because they can be fooled.
0: This is not the Halloween episode, but it feels like it should have been. I mean, you took it dark right away. I, I mean, you said you were going to eat my soul <laughs> yeah. for a moment. I one. asked you whether you believed in it. You could have just said. Nope. How about hamburgers? I could have, do you believe in the hamburger? Uh, I don't know. Hey, why don't they call them hamburgers? Because we hold them with our hands. Hand. Why don't they call every food hand? <laughs> I'm gonna eat some, some hand, hand potatoes. Food. That's yeah, French I mean, fries.
1: Yeah, or like just use the. It'd be a really useful sort of like double speak sort of thing where you can just say what you sure. you should eat. Spoon them with. soup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I so. had some fork beans. I wonder if there'd be like a uh, a a bunch of like a branch of linguistic purism that rebelled against it because they don't like sure. to prescriptivize It's also utensils. embarrassing
0: because, you know, sometimes when I make green beans for myself, I'll eat them with my hands.
1: And also that's super-duper ableist too, like determining determining what you need to eat a certain type of food. That's
0: true. That's fucked up. And ethnocentric because... Dude, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Exactly. So this yeah. is... Hey, fuck you. <laughs> hey, fuck, fuck you. this hypothetical <laughs> idea I put into the universe.
1: <laughs> eat a dick. But... <laughs> In any way you want. In any you, way you, you want. Not a hand. D-
0: fork yeah. dick? Sure. Pure absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> like, bite down. Suck
1: it up with a straw. You know, whatever whatever floats your boat. But
0: it better be a metal straw. Save the turtles. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> is that... Oh. This, that is also ableist, is to prescriptivize people to use metal. Right. 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 And it? also, it's a it's just sort of like a... I mean, it's
1: it's nice to not waste like straws and toothbrushes and shit sure. like that. But That's why I use a metal At the same time, like... With metal bristles. Like consumer waste makes up a, a minuscule portion compared to like corporate waste.
0: I'm sorry. I thought about the idea of using steel wool in my teeth and I was <laughs> delighted by <laughs> it. Well, they've got bamboo toothbrushes. I, I use bamboo yeah. toothbrushes. Sometimes it's... you'll bring them uh, to places and then throw them away. I have one in my... I... <laughs> That's not true. You have do, one in your car. That's yeah, I have thinking. one in my car because yes. you know, sometimes
1: you want to brush your teeth in your car.
0: Don't you? <laughs> Our guest is... Looking like she doesn't quite agree with you. I've never wanted to brush my teeth in my car. You never have a dirty mouth. Speaking of dirty mouths, we have a great guest today on the podcast. She's a friend of the show who, among her many talents and jobs, has worked as a suicide prevention educator on suicide prevention hotlines and as a licensed social worker. It's Emma Maneer. Hi, Emma. How are you? Hi, Saker. I'm doing great. How are you guys doing today? (laughs) great great is this the persona you're gonna wear for this no it's gonna fall away very very quickly okay. i just
2: want to start off really high because i know that we're gonna inevitably end ha- up not there the hair, probably. The, the hair
1: shirt she wears just like her brown hair
2: uh, sure sure it's beautiful did you write that
1: bear with me no no
2: <laughs> a much
1: wiser man than i wrote that. you are correct stephen duffy steve a duffy. much <laughs> wiser man than all of us duffy's muffies duffy's muffies,
0: duffy's muffies. um Emma, you are a licensed social worker. Yeah, All those that things correct. that I just said. You are right. Um why bother having you on this
2: show? <laughs> Justify your existence. Justify your existence. To That's me. a no, I love that question because it gives me a chance to sell you out a little bit. I'm sure you get it a lot. I that do. That question, why, why do you I'm exist on this podcast? Oh, no, yeah, why I exist. Sure. Uh no, I mean you messaged me Definitely more than 24 hours ago and said, hey, I've been thinking about it and we're going to do an episode on suicide. So do you want to talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> so that was a really fun little conversation that we had. Yeah, I mean, and I said yes. I mean, I really. I think it says more about you
0: than it says about me. The fact that you were like, "Hell yeah, I can't wait to fucking talk about suicide." Because that is
2: exactly what I said.
0: My jam in those words. (laughs) You said my jam, which was very strange. It made you very
2: uncomfortable. I'm sorry. I recognize that. I forgive
0: you. Thank you. Um, That's what this episode is all about: is forgiveness. (laughs) Don't think that's Jesus and mental health.
2: Rest in peace, Um,
0: Emma. Can you tell us about your? uh, We always ask our guests this: your musical proclivities. Um, Are you? I know that you know of The Bare Naked Ladies. A Are bit. you a fan of The Bare Naked Ladies? Uh,
2: I hate this question because you know the answer to it, and it's a real dumb one. I sure so do. I didn't listen to The Bare Naked Ladies until. When did you start this podcast?
0: March of 2018. March
2: of 2018 is the answer to that question <laughs> then also. Because it started as sort of like a meme thing where I was like, "How oh, my two idiot old friends are doing a We're podcast. About. Do you mean old as in they've been my friends for a long time? No, <laughs> I mean old as in they're <laughs> very old. Pretty they're both letter. 45 yeah. plus. Uh, but I, I was like, <laughs> oops, was I not supposed to say that and I was sell to you out? Oops all, year. uh, oops, oops, all I, years. No, yeah, I just age. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Curse of age. The cursive age.
1: The cursive age.
2: So I. The heard... calligraphy. <laughs> Sorry, welcome no, to this it's podcast. fine. I forgot. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> how this goes for you guys. Uh, but I heard you guys were doing this podcast. I was like, haha, two old friends doing idiot dad band podcast, and I dismissed it for a long time. And then I think you made me listen to a lot of it when I was driving in the car with you. Don't to believe places. that's
0: true. I hate hearing my own voice. <laughs>
2: uh, I don't think that's true either. Uh, but anyways, I started listening to them, and then I started listening to them almost exclusively and now that is where my life's at i think that's
0: the bare naked ladies curse and uh boon is that they'll they'll win you over in spite of you yes and uh, don't uh, be alarmed if you fall <laughs> head over feet and don't be
1: surprised if you love them for all that they are you couldn't help it it's all your fault <laughs> Jesus. I think it's all our fault, actually. Some
0: very ladies lady's collaborator there, right? Yeah, that's right. Alanis. She did the uh, the Naked Tour, right? Uh, Peep, nope. Yeah, Naked Tour. I think you're right. Because yeah, Peep all... Show was the Everything to Everyone Tour. Mm-hmm. Did you know on this tour, every stop, they played everything to everyone in its entirety? I just read that the other day. Nice. That's why that Shopping was played
1: 111 <laughs> times live or whatever. I love I Shopping.
2: It's also a great song. Yeah,
0: it's a great song. <laughs> you two are both nightmare. But so this al-
1: this album so far is a banger. Like, it's really there good. are a couple songs that I do not like at all, like Celebrity and Don't Want to Tip My Hand. This one, yeah. But uh, you didn't like Celebrity at all. Celebrity was compared to the rest of the
0: album. A sustained fart. It's just it. Okay, it contains the line, "cream their jeans," so you know, that sucks so bad. It's like based on that alone. It's like
1: it's they my started favorite this album Bloody on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> like they're just like. You hear, the, you hear the flush at the end of Celebrity, and then they come out and take up their instruments and actually create a great album. <laughs> okay.
0: Were they all in the same room Yeah, on different I mean, toilets?
1: All naked, all in the same room, sure. all in the toilet. with their instruments. Because we you know that BLNL boys take off all their clothes to shit, like mm-hmm. you should. You fold them <laughs> outside the room so you don't get poop on them.
0: I was reading an interview with Ed about how, uh, I believe Yes, Yes, Yes from this album was the final Naked song. Uh, fuck we are the know nothing podcast what does it matter if i get it wrong um and um and he was like uh yeah it was around this album that we realized like this isn't exciting or funny for us anymore. It's just we're, an obligation. Yeah. Well, all right, let's get naked and <laughs> play our guitars. Like, so you're like, we just stopped that.
2: I mean, here's the thing. I feel like someone had that thought before Ed on this album, but I think Ed was the first one to say it. I think everyone the whole time from start to finish was like, why the fuck are we doing? Do you
0: think this? it was Kev who came in last album and they were like, hey Kev, you got to take off your clothes and get naked with <laughs> th- us? It seems like something Tyler was
1: pushing sure. hard because if you look, if you know the uh, like the. Very naked The naked, like tour photo where they're all naked, and yeah. like Steve is looking at Ed's junk, and being like, "Oh," and then like Kev and Jim are like looking at each other, like, hey. "Huh," and then like Tyler is just grinning off, and like <laughs> he's staring into the middle distance he's with associating. like associating. I mean,
2: he's doing what he's got to do. <laughs> it's weird because they're
0: all covering their junk, but Ed has to like scoop his up with both arms to cover. <laughs> it's got it.
1: those dangling balls, <laughs> yes.
0: knee length yes. balls, six foot balls. That's right, drag on the ground. <laughs> Oh, Eddie boy! They're all calloused on the. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Disgusting.
0: Jesus Christ!
1: Just pick the gravel out of them. Every <laughs> oh, Evan, no! Oh.
0: Um, I think he wears a ball sling. He I should if he doesn't. Can almost guarantee. All right, listen. I know Christmas is coming up. I went on eBay and found you a used Ed Ball sling. <laughs> so, some dude named Red Albertson was selling them <laughs> on Ed eBay. Olson.
2: So telling them there were multiples?
0: Oh, there was hundreds of listings. <laughs> They're all worn out in the crotch. <laughs> They're show. all worn out in the crotch. They all have huge shit stains in back <laughs> Ch- cake, and cum cake. stains in front. Oh, gosh. I'm glad
1: Piss keep- stains on the side. I'm so glad we're keeping this light. I was worried about this being a real downer episode.
0: <laughs> a good one. So anyway, we had you on because of suicide prevention. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is that yeah. correct? Oh. Yeah. I mean, we wanted to... I feel like on the Halloween episode, it was... Two guys who are not Jewish talking about Judaism. Yeah, that's not good. So in this one, I decided we should probably get at least some sort of expert. And I think yeah. from now on, we are going to get an expert on every. No more fun guests. All just boring. Well, actually, um, yeah, I probably. Dry. I could probably tap
1: a lot of that. I've got I've got good connections at OSU. For, yeah.
0: For OSU? yeah. I could get you a subject expert in the, about anything. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> So, for Have You Seen My Love, I think we're going to get an ophthalmologist in here. Hey, College of Optometry. I've got one of those. Perfect. For Upside Down, I think we're going to get a professional. Gymnast? Gymnast. Contortionist. Or, contortionist. Thank you. Or we might just get uh, the guy from Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo, from the or part we'll, where he dances. Or uh, we'll on uh, the- keep
1: scheduling guests, but then they won't show up because, you know. It's not worth their time. Listen. <laughs> That's more thematic for the song.
0: The well may have run dry. <laughs> no, I mean I was point. just
1: I was talking not I w- that wasn't a dig at you. I was just talking about the actual song oh. upside down. Oh
0: wait, shit, we already did upside down, didn't we? Oh yeah. That was last week's song. We definitely have recorded it already. <laughs> yep. And I will not turn my whole life upside down. <laughs> Indeed. Um so so besides Forbidden Good Ladies, what do you listen to? What are your other musical tastes?
2: I hate this question too, because you also know the answer to this. I don't listen to good music. And I hate, so I'm the type of person that's like all music is good, right? Uh We've talked about this, but I listen to almost exclusively early to mid-2000s punk pop and then anything that's like top tens on the radio at any given time, and that's Mm -hmm. pretty much it. Like some musical soundtracks, some movie soundtracks, but it's pretty limited. My current playlist, I'm not kidding, is because I was talking to my friend last night about this who was dragging me, is a 16-song playlist of all bare naked Ladies and one Bruno Mars song. Yikes!
1: You were excited that My Chemical Romance was getting I'm back together. I'm extremely excited
2: about My Chemical Romance. Yes.
0: Are they, were they a, a, you were a fan of them in, in your youth?
2: They were the first CD that I didn't buy for myself. I uh-huh. got it from a friend in high school who I had a crush on at the time. Uh, and she, she gave me the CD. She was like, I feel like this fits your personality. And it was the Black Parade album. Sure. So that album sucks, first of all. Um, but it's also like very edgy, hardcore. And sure. I was 15 and an idiot. So I was like, damn, this is me.
0: Sure. Should we all go around and say our first CDs? Is least Please. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, mine. It was Christmas, so I got two at the same time. It was uh, the Rocky. Lion King soundtrack uh-huh. and Sisters with Voices, their first album. On, nice. I really loved that album.
1: What was your first? Mine was the Double Sets, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness That's by a... Smashing Prumpkins. Way
0: better than mine. That's
2: extremely good. Mine was Hillary Duff Metamorphosis. You are, we should say for the listeners, 15 years yeah, old. Yeah, I'm, I'm 15 years old. Uh-huh. Canonically. Canonically. Is that it's...
0: how you say that? Sure, yeah. <laughs> in the canon of- um, In the... Uh, Yabdiverse, you are 15 years and old. And
2: Yabda stands for... It's all been done? Oh, the Yabdiverse? I understand.
1: Yeah,
0: we're a subset of the Ladyverse. Yes, which is a subset of the other Yabdiverse, the It's All Been Done Radio Network. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> we're a subset of the Togiverse, <laughs> the Orange Groves. Oh, okay. Listen to the Orange Groves. You can subscribe to our Patreon <laughs> at Patreon. <laughs> <Christ>. Going into <laughs> it early. All right, it's about time we talk hey, about this motherfucking song. Uh, let's get into it. <laughs> The song this week is called War on Drugs. If you've never heard it, dear listener, here is a brief sample.
3: She likes to sleep with the radio.
2: Okay. Um, uh when you we forced you to listen to this song, was this your first time hearing this song? Uh, no, I've heard this song before. It's actually one of the 18 songs on that playlist. <laughs> okay, good. So I'm what a joy
0: of a song to listen to yeah. over and over yeah, again. It's like
2: it's fun. So when I drive to work, I listen to this playlist, and it's like a Russian roulette of like, uh. Be My Yoko Ono, Life in a Nutshell, uh, a bunch of other like happy shit, and then every once in a while this song pops up. Right. And oh. it's... Just sitting in my car contemplating a lot of things for about three minutes. And then I go back to like good shit, like uh King of Bedside Manor and so stuff like
1: that. I guess it is So this is the bullet in the Chamber. This
0: is the Bullet
1: in the Chamber.
2: <laughs> well, yikes. yikes, what a
1: great! Oh, metaphor. Jesus.
0: <laughs> Glad we have you on this show today. Yeah, I'm not gonna be able to hold
2: you guys back for this <laughs> shit, just to let you know.
0: Um, let me ask you this. Um do you enjoy this song? Yes. And, I mean, it begs question, right? Because it's, it's a weird experience listening to and enjoying downer music, right? Because downer music is not meant to be enjoyed, right? I mean, nobody enjoys this song.
2: Mm, I don't know if that's I, I true, mean, though. I mean, okay, let me post to you guys, because this is... I know an experience that I have, and I think a lot of my other you know friends have uh we have playlists for when we're feeling bad because sometimes mm-hmm. it's just kind of nice to wallow a little bit which i know is not you know it's not emotionally mature or healthy or whatever but i think that a lot of people do that i don't, I don't know if you guys why don't they fix themselves I've got that's a great question <laughs> that i can talk about for a very long you know, time playlist
1: for when i'm feeling like contemplate contemplative yeah like you know like canonical yeah, I mean, you just go in and then you see, you're walking down the street and you see like that the leaves are changing. You're like, oh, autumn's coming, followed by winter. And you're like, I'm going to click on to some, you know, some more ma- maudlin songs and just feel these feels.
2: Yeah. Uh oh. It's, I mean, it's melancholy. Autumn
1: nearing winter. And... I
2: only have
0: 40,000 songs, <laughs> songs that yeah. I just hit shuffle
2: on <laughs> all the time, which is just wild to me. <laughs> yeah. You're I like guess. jumping into a
0: Chuck E. Cheese ball pit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like thirty like percent yeah, of the balls are
0: covered in shit. <laughs> know. Know which ones.
1: That's just your, your musical stylings are just perplexing to me.
0: I mm. mean, it's fun. You always, you never know what you are gonna get. It's like it's like a box of chocolates. Oh shit, that's a great metaphor. I wouldn't have even thought of that. Yeah, absolutely. You never know what you are gonna get in a box of chocolates. Yeah, except that they have the
1: stuff the written, guide, on the, guide on, the on the back. Yeah, or on the inside of the. Thing. It's yeah. really easy to know It's very easy actually. Unless you can't read
0: I immediately throw that away Because I know I'm going to eat The whole box <laughs>
1: So We only get a, We get chocolates Like once a year It's like the week After Valentine's Day When they all go on sale We sure. celeb- So my partner And I celebrate Valentine's Day A week late Because everything From Valentine's Day Is real cheap
0: Not to tip so. our hands But today is Two days after Halloween So today is a great Candy day If yeah. you want to go To some CVS today And pick up a Buttload of candy corn It's the day to do it Um, So you but Steer clear of that chocolate Because of the slave labor You got it buddy <laughs> (laughs) so um you like listening to downer songs like this what stands out to you about this song let's actually get
2: into it interesting question
1: i'm curious to hear what if anything ever could stand out about this song
2: you're going so hard on this immediately (laughs) i mean i'm not surprised and i feel like i can guess both of your opinions of this but i don't know so the the first thing and i was i talked to a couple people about this song actually recently because i went to a live Stephen page show with you Saker Uh Uh, and he played it live and I'll talk about that in a while Uh, but I was talking to a bunch of friends about this song and why I love it and why it's so meaningful and I mean lyrics aside because I feel like we got to deep dive into those Mm -hmm. Um, but the musicality is just it's nice and I feel like Again, we had this argument a couple weeks ago over the song For You, where it was kind of like, it's very milk toast and kind of samey and everything kind of sounds similar. And I think this song is the same way, but it's just nice. Like, it's very lullaby. It's very soothing. It's kind of dreamlike to me. I like the instrumentation a lot. I 100% disagree. (laughs) I'm not
1: surprised. I can hear that. Like, if this is like the equivalent of like a sad bowl of oatmeal to you, where it's like, it just like sits in your stomach and you're like, I'm full, but you know, I don't remember eating.
0: I don't think... Wow, this is <laughs> depressing Because I felt like this song Like, it builds and builds Until we come to this huge, grandiose climax Like, I don't feel Like, for you, I felt like Just kind of sat there the whole time And plinked along But this one, like, we start so sparse And Jim doesn't come in Until halfway through the first verse
3: The only flaw in her detailed plan Is where she wins back the love and then like when we
0: you know verse 3 it's just Ty and steve and it's like this weird calm before the storm when it's mm-hmm. just drums
3: and vocals where people jump when they're out of luck raining down on the cars and the
0: trucks below. And then we build up to this huge huge climax I didn't feel like this one was like mm. anything like just a plop at all I felt this like is, there was this
1: was just a crooner to me like it was just Steve like that, is there even a chorus yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, It was hard for me To determine which I mean there are words That he repeats over again Using the same yeah, melodic like Which, is, which is, is the technical ourselves. Definition of a chorus But yeah. it didn't feel Like a BNL chorus to me
3: Won't it be dull
0: Your song
1: was just so rambling. Like it, I couldn't, I couldn't. Like I was bored by the second verse. Wow, like, really? i was just just bored. Like I'm like, oh god, I can't believe I have to listen to this. I 50 feel like we've
0: switched. Usually yeah, that's me. Yeah, but no, yeah. That well, No, you're right. I feel like the chorus to this one is not a catchy BNL chorus. But I don't think that's the idea. Know, and I'm not objectively. I'm not saying this is a bad
1: song. I'm just saying I did not like it at all. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> good qualifier. That's
0: fair, I guess. I don't know. I did. I. I, I felt like this one was. It showed a lot of restraint. Like I feel like it could have been probably a bop. But
2: I don't. I don't think. I don't think there's a a universe where someone would look at this song and say, in somewhere else, in a different time, in a different place, this would be a bop. With, I, with the subject matter, with the personal connection to, to it. Did you
0: did you guys listen to the demo of this song?
2: I did, yeah. actually. It's a lot heavier yeah. than the actual one. And I right? think it was wise to make the decision to thin it out. Because that's, I mean, it's all, everything in the song sure. is interconnected with the message. And the, and the,
1: the demo has more, almost more rock guitar in it, which is yeah. weird. It's got this
2: big country, like, open chords. Yeah. Like,
0: it felt uh-huh. more like a prom song. And I could, yeah. I could
1: definitely hear Ed's touches in this with, yes. like, the, I mean, it was, like, his country western guitar and had sort of a feel to yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And I could see this coming on, on, like, a juke box and like a a roadside bar and a bunch of guys in cowboy boots and hats just like sitting there throwing back shots of whiskey just sort of thinking about their ruined lives yeah should be home my
3: kids
1: (laughs) nah it's too late might as well have another
2: did evan start astral projecting (laughs) he did the whole (laughs) face a a previous life i'm just waiting
1: for you guys to yes and me we could have had a whole bar scene there
0: hey there (laughs) sally yeah I'm the tender here, and you've had All one right, we're too here. many. <laughs> you tried. It's okay. Then. What? I'm yes, Andy. Oh Jesus! All
1: right, I'll just, I'll just go out and crawl out into the gravel pit outside and wait till the, you guys open. In now the we ain't
0: raked that gravel pit in sixteen days. It's
1: okay. The snakes will provide a little protein.
0: Hold on. We have a dancing monkey coming up on stage. Let's go ahead and <laughs> toss it over to them. Oh, <laughs> You're right, Ev. That turned out to be a Jesus. pretty good scene. I always, I always forget about Saker's
1: yes-ands. <laughs>
0: Sucks real bad, Your blood's out. bananas uh, now, Another postcard
1: from a simp and bean. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. We gotta I throw in d- these, like, humorous interstitials to keep everything. Right, to keep it happy. Oh, thank okay. you. Do you
0: have a couple more planned for
2: us? Yeah, yeah. I'll, <laughs> just, I'll, just, I'll just figure them out as, as the mood takes. I checked right? his notes it. earlier, and half of them are written in yellow highlighters. I feel like that's <laughs> probably the... Those are the pop points. Why are you giving me that look? The pop (laughs) boy. Yeah, you know we get U two album. Yeah, exactly like the U two album that I've heard of and listened to. Hillary, I'm 15 years old. (laughs) Canonically, that's true. (laughs) But
1: yeah, the 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 name War on Drugs just made me think of the band The War on Drugs. Yeah, I didn't
0: know they were banned until I started looking. Yes,
2: when I started searching for, I searched War on Drugs lyrics and. I mean, the band's bad. First of all, can we establish that? I okay. listened to a little bit of. War I mean, on if drugs? you like
1: sort of like it's sort of like Bon Iver or Dry the River mixed with like psychedelic guitars. And yeah. If you like that, I, and it feels kind of hypocritical of you, Emma, I, to, yeah, to talk about this song and say how much like you like just sort of like it's it's sort of rambling pace and then then come out against.
2: That's fair. But also I like this song in the context of the rest of their discography. <laughs> because if all Bare Naked Lady songs were this, I would write them off as a shitty emo band. Yeah, that's fair. Not even emo. That's not fair. Well, and
0: I think this one is is kind of, you know, it's buried. This is like track what, eight, yeah. nine, where this are is, we? This
1: track on the album is exactly where it needs to be. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. With that. If you move it, Saker, during your resequence, we're gonna have more than words.
0: Is all I have to give. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like... I mean, I'm gonna move songs around it so the context is gonna change. Well,
1: that's too bad. This has gotta <laughs> stay. This is the, this is your this is the lodestar. This is the north star. You gotta track everything by this. Okay. uh oh.
0: Um. I think we just figured out your read. We're gonna start at war on drugs and <laughs> oscillate out. <laughs> yeah. The further out they get, the nicer. I don't know. Fucking whatever your dumbass end of sequence is. Hey. I have a fun game plan for the end of everything to everyone. We'll get there when we get there. Okay. I can't wait. Okay. To good.
2: kind of spin off of the it's where it's supposed to be and it's so hidden and deep. So I did a lot of uh, googling about Stephen Page over the last month and a half of my life don't make that face I mean but specifically mm-hmm. I was kind of looking for like what his opinion was on this song like explicitly stated because I feel like I didn't find any interviews I don't know if you found something different but I did find a Reddit AMA oh. and I found buried very deep in that My control F skills were sorely tested. Um, But he talked about how somebody asked, you know, do people take your songs seriously and how do you go about songwriting more serious songs? Uh, And I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was something along the lines of, you know, the ones that are more serious, the ones that are more meaningful to me personally, like War on Drugs. And they named a couple other ones. They just kind of like pop out. And Hmm. I just think that's cool. I mean, it's this feels like a passion project for Steven for me. Yeah. Like, nobody else really cared about maybe putting this on this album or, like, producing the song, but it's it's absolutely his experience, his passion, something mm-hmm. he wanted.
0: I agree. If you listen to the demo, like we said, I think Ed, you know, you can definitely hear Ed's touches, mm-hmm. and it doesn't, like, it sounds a lot like the original, but, like, it's Ed on backing vocals, and there's no big bill. The Suicide line just kind of, like, flopped. It's just a flaccid, yeah. like, it's as flaccid <laughs> as the rest of the song. So, like, I feel like he probably wrested control back from the band on this one and kind of made it his own. Yeah, the um, tracks. I have no idea whether that's that's legit or not but i don't know
1: and, and i appreciate steve's i mean steve usually speaks to his experience when he writes songs his like he he's an artist who very much writes from pain right and i w- i definitely appreciate this more than another song about how bad he is as a partner yeah yeah this was so a this weird this was good yeah
2: i mean this doesn't even touch a relationship right yeah. yeah right yeah
1: well apart from the like well I mean, it does he, there's is, a he divorce. is yeah there's a divorce yeah. but he is like the the narrator i think is outside yeah. the song looking in so, and it's the narrator you get the intention the impression that he cares about the subject of the song the, yeah. the woman because he he has his he says i have a well it's a in the dream i refuse to have so he's like so he doesn't want to think of her dying
3: in the dream i refuse to have she falls asleep in a loom
0: problems not that i had problems with the narrator but i didn't know who the narrator was or what he was. i don't think you're supposed to not that that's important but he seemed to have two conflicting viewpoints that he was holding at the same time because he he seems both supportive on behalf Mm -hmm. of humanity i will fight for your sanity and at the same time kind of shitty like we were we're left to deal with the
3: aftermath again right we're left to deal with the aftermath On behalf of humanity, I will fight for your sanity.
1: That, that, that we could we could get into that when we deal with depression in general and its effects on the person suffering it and everybody around. I it. mean we yeah. can get into that now. I mean do we want to dive into the lyrics? I,
0: I well I mean
2: there's a lot more I have so much. All all awesome, about of our just keep everything. clicking
1: 30 seconds ahead, 30 seconds ahead, 30 seconds
2: ahead. When do they talk uh, about suicide? I want to get there. Said everyone who listens to this podcast. Oh yeah I mean let's talk about let's let's, let's talk about that lyrics. a little bit I
1: think. Yeah. Or did you did you have more you wanted to say about the? I mean a, I have a shit ton I could say about the uh, whatever the, you were talking about.
0: Yeah I mean I love like, that oscillating like plinking keyboard in the background of verse. 2. Too, that's mm-hmm. just like it's a strange choice I think this might be another Ron Anello choice where mm-hmm. I don't know any other band would that would make it but it's like it's textured it adds something to that verse that I think is cool I really um, love
2: the the suspended chord cuz I, I play ukulele a little bit and I've been trying to learn more songs lately and this is one of them that came up on my radar and I realized mm-hmm. that in the third or the penultimate verse I think there's that suspended chord instead of the the change throughout oh. and it's sort of I don't know it's it feels so eerie and creepy and it's exactly when he starts talking about you know and near where I live there's a viaduct sure. and folks raining down on cars and trucks and, Yeah.
3: Near where I live there's a viaduct. Where people jump when they're out of luck, raining down on the cars and the trucks below. I know, it's creepy. It's good. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, okay, <laughs> all right, <laughs> calm <laughs> yourself. She
0: stood up and started banging on this beautiful oak desk that we use for podcasting, yes. um. Victorian oak desk. <laughs> um, yeah, I. Uh, I and again. Last album, reverse everything. Reverse guitars. Mm -hmm. This album, panning, right? So for this, we keep having, like, the guitar riff starts in the right ear, and then it echoes a second later in the left. And that we keep having that the whole song. Like, they'll start something in the right ear, and then half a second later, it'll echo in the left ear. Which is, again, kind of adds that eeriness of the Mm -hmm. song. There's some weird echo
2: going on. That's, like, empty. It makes it feel empty. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great way to describe it. It does feel very empty. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think there's a lot of. I hate, I love the big build before, you know, then some suicide is worth. Mm-hmm. But remove the lyrics from it and tell me it doesn't sound like a Kia commercial. From the
3: very fear that makes you want to die.
0: Like, dun, 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 dun. It's like the new Kia Outback twenty ten. Twenty ten? What year are we in right now? Like it truly it's an orchestral build with this guitar riff and it really mm-hmm. truly like I know that's not the intent. I was looking so hard to find a karaoke version of the song oh, so boy. I could be like Ugh. this sounds exactly like the Subaru Impact ninety two. Normally I'm a fan
1: of strings, but like I didn't feel like the cello could even help it here.
0: That's surprising
1: to me. I know. I'm, my I'm as surprised this, yeah. as, as you all are <laughs> that I didn't like this song. <laughs> um,
0: you know, we talked a little bit about Steve uh, kind of talking about his inspiration for this song and stuff. Uh, did either of you watch? There's a weird live version when they were a whole band where the they had just finished a song and the crowd is going nuts. And then Steve's like, all right, well, our next song our next song's about, like, something very dear and near to
2: me. And the crowd is still going, like, "wow." And he like, asked them to stop. <laughs> Could you stop, please? <laughs> you stop yelling at me? I'll get you I'll in a second. Yeah, I watched that me. video, too. <laughs> it made me...
0: Because... I think it's it's both of their fucking faults, because if you stop the set, if you just
2: played like one week and then you're like, all right, guys. <laughs> okay, hold up, hold up, because I want to clarify. Let's it was not apart. one week that they were playing before this song, right? I don't know. I don't know. I <laughs> refuse to believe that they made the set list of one week and then yeah. war on drugs. A dream I refuse to have as well, but...
1: Yeah. Everybody gets to put one song on the list.
2: <laughs> yep. They just go around in a circle. That's right. And that's it the just so just that was, was right before Steve. And just
1: likes to pull the parking brake <laughs> oh, Jesus. on the highway. Yeah, The, <laughs> and that's... the band just spins out.
0: <laughs> Every fifth song is tonight's <laughs> I fell asleep at the wheel or, <laughs> or on drugs. What a good boy. Yeah. But I,
1: I will say stuff. this is this is sort of like musically, this is a perfect mid-album mid-concert song this is the song where like the dj's like all right folks we're gonna take it down (laughs) everybody find a partner everyone everyone find a partner put your hands uncomfortably on their waist or shoulders depending on your preference and let's just sway yeah yeah
2: um god can you imagine this played at like a high school day oh my (laughs) god oh
0: jesus it would work because nobody listens to fucking lyrics do you think that this
1: has ever been played at a high school dance. No. no. Are you kidding? Absolutely. <laughs> <Ever>, not. <ever. laughs> Across the United States Do you think any Bare
2: Naked Ladies song since, the, from the year 2010 to now, do you think any Bare Naked Ladies song been played? 2010?
0: Jesus Christ, no. T- from 2005? Well, no. Absolutely. I think Pinch
2: Me was probably the last. Lo- oh, yeah, not oh, a new song. Right. right. Just in that time frame, there was a high school dance in oh. 2011. Is there a chance that they played yeah. one week? 100%. I think it's been is probably still funny. Somebody played yeah. It's Been five times in a row and then transitioned into an Usher song. <laughs> <sauce. It's been, laughs> exactly it's been, what it's been 411 days, 22 hours, <laughs> I'm gonna be burned.
0: Yeah, that's exactly how it went.
2: Um, but yeah, that the, that's the intro that he did uh, where he asked people to stop shouting. It's, it's, what's disappointing to me is that that intro is actually really good and sweet. <laughs> and I think the speech that he gives is very nice and tender, but he starts it off with that horrible, weird shut interaction. Shut the fuck up, <laughs> everybody shut the
0: fuck no, He doesn't do that, he's no. very kind. Yeah.
2: Evan, I found
0: the version of this song from 31 West from October
2: 12th, 2018. I did too. Yeah, It's one of the first results because it's a really good version of the song. Yeah, actually. And I
1: am just sitting there like... Yeah, the camera pans to you and Hand in my... face in in my head. Face (laughs) in my hands, just like,
0: Jesus Christ. (laughs) But it's it's a very good version. And what I found, so... uh, Number one fucking Kevin Fox on that cello. Mm -hmm. So
2: good. Unbelievable.
0: And I cannot stress to you enough, Emma, how much you missed out by not seeing that. (laughs) I know. But, um, uh, he drops in a verse from uh, a "Frightened Rabbit" song, yeah. uh, "Keep Yourself Warm" by Frightened Rabbit. Hmm. The lead singer of which, Scott Hutchison, had just committed suicide five months prior, oh. which is why he drops that verse in there. I was
2: trying to parse; I couldn't hear the lyrics clearly, so I couldn't like Google them. So I had no idea what it was, but yeah. that makes sense. That's yeah, it was very sad.
0: sad. Yeah, but I mean, fellow—I believe he's a Canadian musician, Scott mm-hmm. Hutchison. Oh, so gotcha. yeah, just like Jeez. that kinship between uh, between musicians there. But it was—it was—it's a very very great rendition of this song. Yeah.
2: Um, Speaking of live versions, because the one thing that I felt like... I mean, you looked over to me after that song played when we were at the live show and I was crying because mm-hmm. the song is very meaningful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the the biggest part for me of the... Like, the one thing that he changed in that song that I love so much is in the part where he says, uh, we're left to deal with the aftermath again. In the live show, he says, and again. And I know that's not... <laughs> anything but to me it reads as more of like like this song isn't about a specific person it's about the phenomenon of suicide
0: right right yes which made me wonder if the narrator of this song was humanity yeah right because we have all these different reactions to suicide some people are empathetic some people are cold some people are you know it could
1: be and it could be referring to suicide attempts sure because i think the question is was does this woman actually succeed absolutely okay why do you think she succeeds definitely emma
2: I think that, I don't know, there's there's the line about, uh, in the dream I refuse to have, she falls asleep in a lukewarm bath, and then that lines with, again, so mm-hmm. we're left to deal with the aftermath again. So she's already done this.
3: In the dream I refuse to have, she falls asleep in a lukewarm bath. And the lukewarm bath is, uh, Boy,
2: they're was i don't know if it's still so huge this is i mean this is this is dark so one of the most popular ways of suicide was Mm self-harm uh in a warm bathtub because it's supposed to numb the pain a little bit so i think that's what happened in the song i think this is somebody waxing poetic about somebody who you know killed themselves And how much this hurts them But I think it's I don't know that it's just about humanity Because that last line I took so long parsing through Just the last verse uh, Hard to believe Or hard to admit I fought the Mm -hmm. war on drugs And I couldn't figure it out And then I found deep In like a YouTube comment Somebody who said So I think this is about Somebody fighting against Wanting to use like antidepressants In order to feel better
3: Hard to admit I fought the war on drugs My hands were tied And my phone was bugged the the world just shrugged it off Yeah, I or also so
1: or,
0: s- or self-medicating. Yeah. I mean, but I mean it still doesn't hard to admit I fought the war on drugs. My hands were tied and the phone was bugged.
2: I I didn't I, I didn't quite understand any of that either. Well, there was the there's the war on drugs, like the movement, the war on drugs, mm-hmm. yes. where they were bugging people's phones and they were trying to, you know, yeah, it was I think ultimately somebody, useless. Yeah, yeah, it was ultimately useless. So I think it's it's somebody reflecting on their own hesitation to use drugs in order to help their their mental health and then comparing that to this this worldwide movement that didn't work anyways sure. i don't think that this song has a happy message at the yeah, end sure I he
1: was comparing it to like my, my read on that was i mean that's a good read i think that you have but i think that i was thinking he, like the war on drugs being useless and ultimately futile and just a waste of resources. Mm-hmm. I think he was comparing that to like trying to stop someone who wants to die from killing themselves sure. because I think that's a good it's too. ultimately, you know, if there, if someone is intent on dying, yeah. you, there's not much you can do. And I, I,
2: when nature calls you go. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to pee. Uh, I also extended that to sort of, I mean, it might have been U.S. political commentary in general. Like, well, why are we fighting against drug users when there's a bigger fish to fry? Like, suicide is, you know. Mm-hmm, yeah. And, I mean, they've already commented on the U.S. kind of political machine in this album. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, then I also, I, I did write down, you know, is it a, a rallying against antidepressants that, that society seems to have? A war don't on drugs? I think so.
2: I mean, I, I, I kind of, I don't know. When, when was this song, when did this song come out?
0: I uh, believe everything to everyone was two thousand two, three.
2: So here's my question, because I could see three. that as being a read if it was before Stephen Page was at a point in his life where he was using. Mm. I don't medication. think it's his personal thought. I think it's he's saying like sure. society has a war on drugs. Yeah, you that know what I mean? yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I feel that.
1: Um, and I think that yeah, I think that you're coming out of like the '90s where like every housewife and uh, like the, there's like that image of the house like the bored housewife who has nothing to do now that her kids are you know mm. in high school or whatever mm. and she's just popping you know Prozac just every day sure and sure. so i think there was a there was a sort of a feeling of like doing doing antidepressants i shouldn't say doing using antidepressants <laughs> like I'm treating like a street drug uh was sort of like a personal failing mm. the same yeah. with therapy and i think we're, we're coming out of that now uh, thankfully i i feel like we're better than we were
2: i think we're better than we were but i can tell you as somebody who talks with 18 to 22 year olds every single day trying to convince them to maybe think about using antidepressants and, mm-hmm. and psychotropic drugs we're not no. we're not well, even close i'm to be better there. than i used to be. <laughs> that's true me too Thanks buddy. To therapy and drugs yeah, i'm glad we right. have an expert on this episode <laughs> i think <laughs> the world's just getting better
1: <laughs> <laughs> well you're not
2: wrong i i don't know i don't want to i don't want to over complicate this because i think simplifying it is fine i think saying that we're getting better is fine so it's yeah. true i think and,
1: yeah and i'm not trying to over generalize i just yeah i feel like i feel like there's i i, I don't want to say we're we're where we need to be but i feel like that there's a general trend towards therapy that mm-hmm. wasn't there yeah. when i was when i was in high school Sure.
0: Yeah. well therapy's definitely normalized
1: yeah i mean nobody you well, know you've got you've still got like and i, I don't want to you know cast a whole generation in a but negative do. Whole, but you still but got you still got boomers who are like yeah. i don't yeah. need i don't need any of that absolutely like yeah. i don't need my kids and just viewing it as a personal failing when you know yeah. it's 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 mental health just like physical health yeah. right yeah but then also boomers or boomer especially boomer males are famous for not going to the doctor and then you know their poor fucking wives have to take care of them
0: yeah yeah well, I mean, we're well, in bear with life. me, bear with me. I mean, let's get into the
1: lyrics a little bit, yeah, I suppose, because yeah, yeah, yeah. we're already sort of there. Yeah. Uh, Before we get into the lyrics, wouldn't this be great as a Johnny Cash cover? Yes. Wouldn't if Johnny Cash had done this with like on his album with like Kurt yeah. and all yeah. that? I think Johnny Cash could a real, really good because there's already that country bones there.
0: Yeah, the world. Yeah. yeah, I could hear it. No black margarito, <laughs> no, black margaritas. Um. It the chorus to me struck me is so sad that someone so neuroatypical like someone it's so foreign to them the entire concept of being happy or being normal or Mm -hmm. being like that's that's that strikes them as something to write. (laughs) Like, won't it be weird when I'm not weird anymore? Like, I don't know. That struck me as so sad.
2: Yeah, and it sucks a lot. <laughs> I mean, i say, okay, so, the, I mean, small disclosure, I also have major depressive disorder, been on medication for, like, seven months, but, like... I was going to put that in your intro. <laughs> you decided <laughs> uh, not uh, to appreciate it. Uh, no, I. It, it's and i'll wax poetic about this much longer much later but i this song is written by somebody who gets it so that line in the in the chorus is that's it like that's Mm -hmm. how you feel you're at a point where you do not have any context around what it's like to be happy consistently and so it's like man that'd be fucking weird huh and then the line before that uh is actually one of my favorites in the song uh won't it be odd or won't it be dull when we rid ourselves of all our demons uh I like it a lot because I feel like it has two meetings. So, wanna be odd to feel happy, like you're kind of saying about the last part. But also, I know that with a lot of folks, I don't want to generalize my experience across everybody else's because everybody feels differently with depression and all that. But um, for a lot of folks, I think you start to rely on the consistency of feeling bad. Sometimes, I mean, it's like what I was talking about before with sad playlists. Like sometimes when you're sad, it's more comforting to keep on being sad and to have those demons. And then ridding yourself of them is scary. Sure. Which yeah. is again, I think it's it's lived experience that wrote this song, and that's yeah. it's true.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, I I I kind of wish we had more context for Steve's journey. Um, was there any context in that Paul Myers book that you read for a- anything Steve being on antidepressants or? No, not really. I yeah. mean, he talked about he
1: talked about his depression in there and how you know how it influenced his songwriting, and we all know that obviously. Sure. You know, he's he's pretty good. And and the thing is like it's difficult there's an added level of like difficulty here because not only is Steve clinically depressed but his depression is also the source of his art so that's a whole other level of complication because like if you think like oh yeah if I finally got rid of these demons if I was finally happy what the fuck would I write about yeah
2: well, we know the answer now is he would write about white supremacy
0: and other <laughs> sure. good shit. Uh, anti, he's not right. Right. anti
2: <laughs> sure. right. Anti-white supremacy.
0: I, I wonder if he ever looks at Ed, who's like, I think never
1: enough <laughs> And he's just like, what the fuck is well, happening? Ed has, Ed has this his sadness, too. Like, Ed writes about, sure. you know. Am yeah, I the only one? Not being. Well, yeah. His brother dying and also being an artist and not being able to. Like, yeah match what you, you like having peaked like yeah. it's ed's it's ed's pain i
0: wonder if he looks at Ty sometimes and thinks, <laughs> ribbit, ribbit, <laughs> <a tie laughs>
2: every artist is sad <laughs> sure so no, none of them look at each other ever
0: that's kind of a shitty
1: misconception that i, I, I yeah. like to clear about artists you know yeah. like most artists i know some of them are sad but like and some of them draw on their pain and but it's like a you know some of them are just working artists yes. who do art thank you for seeing me I appreciate that. <laughs> and I said that and looked at you and I was like, ah, there actually. There are some artists who are not sad. Saker's um, sad sometimes. Sometimes Saker will call me on the phone and say, I'm sad. <laughs> and then I just uh, and then I just hang up. Yeah. I just want you to know. Well, I hold it up to the touch tone and I play you Smash Mouth's All-Star. Thank you. On the touch tone phone. And then you start giggling and we go to our separate ways. <laughs> Three,
0: two, 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 one, two. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. I, I, so just to give a narrative summary of the song. There's a woman, and correct me if I'm getting details wrong. There's a woman who's left by her husband. She spirals. She has depressive episodes, and then she ultimately ends up attempting or succeeding in suicide. Is that generally the arc of the song? Yeah, and that, I mean? and that, then that
1: balloons into well, everyone could kill themselves, and yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Sort of thing.
0: Yeah. So. And actually, and Steve talks about um, mm-hmm. uh, specifically this viaduct uh, in the song. Um, and what he's talking about, there's actually a real-life equivalent to this. It's the Bloor Street Viaduct in Toronto, which was a suicide hotspot. Uh, I found the statistic that one person was committing suicide every 22 days from this viaduct oh. at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, so they launched this campaign to put a net below the viaduct, and they succeeded, and then people... Stopped jumping at that bridge and moved on to the next bridge down the road and jumped from there instead. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, and and again, I think this kind of works into the idea of like, yeah, you know, we're, we're 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 yeah. putting a band aid on the wrong thing, right?
1: Yeah, and I'm wondering how that became like the suicide hotspot.
2: Yeah. I'm trying to remember. There's a really good documentary about... Because the Golden Gate Bridge is the number one mm-hmm. suicide hotspot in North America. Um, the statistics are crazy, I mean, honestly. Uh, and there's there's a documentary of someone who's a survivor of an attempt uh, mm-hmm. who jumped on... I think it's early 2000s. I think his name was Kevin. Um, it's a really good documentary. I wish I could remember the name of it. But they talk about how... Um, you know, just with cultural momentum, and when things are there's this concept of of uh, suicide contagion. So when uh, there's a very highly yeah. publicized suicide, um, there's often sort of a spillover effect, mm-hmm. and there's more publicized than it you know continues on, um, depending on how it's being reported on. And I think that the argument was that's what happened with the Golden Gate Bridge, and really? I could see that happening with with this viaduct too. Huh.
1: Yeah, and I was I'm thinking of like Aoyama in on the Mount Fuji, but that's sort of a cultural thing because yeah. that's you know that's been that way for centuries if not millennia right yeah where it's good to you know that's the place you go because that's where the ghosts are oh the, is that the forest yeah, yeah. The, for, yeah. the suicide yeah. forest yeah okay. so it's just sort of that hmm. sure but it's not it's not easy to get to like it's kind of a hike to really? get to aoyama yeah
2: is it close to any like major city it's or anything, right next or? to mount fuji
1: i mean it's near tokyo and everything oh, sure. but like i mean you have to drive out into the woods basically mm-hmm. and then like walk you know 5 10 20 minutes out there till you get alone because they've interesting. got because they've got police out there to make sure that you don't Jesus. kill yourself yeah yeah wow um, there's also dipshit YouTubers wandering through the woods, and,
2: and people making fun movies, horror movies about it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you the forest? Yeah, no. uh, I forget when it came out. Early 2010s, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had some major actors in it, but yeah, yeah. it faced huge backlash because it was about this uh, girl whose sister goes and kills herself in the forest, and she goes out, and there's just ghosts, and it's scary. Jeez, and it's really disrespectful. It's yeah. very bad. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oof, that sounds rough. Yeah,
1: yeah, but actually, more more Japanese commit suicides in front of like trains. Yeah. Like that's the way to do it. Yeah, oh yeah, trains. that's that's yeah. the way.
0: They that's, <laughs> that's what they do. I mean, that's I mean, trains well, My
1: first uh, yeah, the first day I was going to do research at the National Diet Library, I was late because somebody had jumped in front of the train that Jesus. I was going to get on.
0: Which is so I mean, I don't fully understand Japanese culture, but it is a culture of a lot of politeness, which blows my mind that they would inconvenience everyone else. Well, it's
1: a but, but Japanese culture is far more suicide forward. Like sure. suicide isn't necessarily seen as a negative. Well, it is. It is a negative thing, but to the extent there's no like Judeo-Christian like Yeah, sort of thing, and also, I mean, it has a long historical component of Japanese society, like committing suicide so that you don't burden the living, Mm. or that you can right a wrong by killing yourself, or you know, get yourself heard, like going in front of your lord and committing suicide, like here's here's my demands, kill yourself, and then they have to listen to it. Like it's just sort of embarrassing your lord by, you know, this is something I feel so strongly about that I'm willing to take my own life. Yeah, and there's one of my favorite books. Sorry to Jesus.
0: No, you're good. Here I go.
1: Here he goes again, <laughs> Mr. East Asia. No, one of my favorite, one of my favorite Japanese. Uh, There's a translation. It's called Musui Story. It's by. A, um, it's about a t- late Tokugawa era samurai called Musui, and uh, one of the things he routinely does is threaten to commit suicide. Okay. Because like he'd go into a, like a bar or something and drink or like gets or like take advantage of the place, and they're like dude, are you going to sell your tab? He's like, oh, how dare you insult me? I'm going to kill myself on your premises. Wow. And then, like, they would be like, oh, no, no, please, 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 please don't. don't wow. no, 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 please, please, please. And then he'd just go on his fucking merry way. Yikes. Wild. So, yeah, it was used as a threat, too. Yeah. So. And this guy, Cried mm-hmm. wolf. he's... Yeah. There's a Japanese movie about it, too, that I don't remember the title of, but it's a really good movie about this practice where samurai, like Ronin, would go into, like, a lord's manor and say, hey, I'd really like to commit suicide, but I don't have a lord. I don't have anything to take care of, so could you take care of my body? And, wow. like, like I want to kill myself in your thing. And the lord would be like, no, no, that, that, I don't want that here. So how about I just give you some money and you just go Holy away? Holy shit. So they would do that. And then the, the movie's about a guy who tries to do that to get money. And the lord's like, you know what? fuck you i'm calling your bluff kill yourself wow and it's just a it's a it's a really interesting movie good god
0: seriously yeah. Yeah. um yeah so let's let's i want to dive into a few things that i had trouble with in this song maybe you guys can help me with them um so the very beginning of the song uh we talk about how uh you know this girl likes to sleep with the radio on so she can dream with her favorite song but then we get the twist immediately she'll never know that she made it up
3: she likes to sleep with the radio so she can dream of her favorite song The one that no one has ever sung Since she was small She'll never know that she made it up She has so song-
0: does that contribute to her character? Does it make her an unreliable narrator? Does it like contribute
2: to the fact that no one ever took care of her or like, well, I don't, I didn't understand that lyric at all. I mean, I read it more as, I don't think that the person is the significant part. I think it's more about just creating the melancholic emotion because this is a person who has the one thing in their life that they love. They listen to, they, they fall asleep at the radio on trying to search for this song. That is the one thing that would make them happy. And that never existed. That's something that they made up in the, in their own mm-hmm. mind okay. is how I read it.
0: Oh, that's interesting. So she'll if if this is her cure-all, she'll never be happy,
2: yeah.
1: right?
0: Because she's dreaming of her
1: favorite song, yeah. Right? But there there's no dream that can fulfill the need that she has. Sure. And I think I don't. I felt like this woman's depression was more situational than chemical. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I felt yeah. like it stemmed from the divorce. Yeah, which which speaks to like you know situational you know, depression can be handled, I think, a little bit easier than chemical depression because it's situational, right? You just take the person out of the situation and get them therapy and things like that. It
2: kind of depends. And it goes away,
1: right? I I suffer from situational depression, so I can speak to that, but fortunately... Every th- the chemical in my brain is firing how it's supposed to. You know, <laughs> God, that's my that's privilege, that's privilege right there, <laughs> sure funny. Yeah.
2: I don't know. I there's some weird interplay with a lot of people. I don't want to say most because I really don't know the stats anymore. But um, with folks who have situational versus mm-hmm. you know the, the more chemical side, I feel like this could be both. Uh, and it's it's. I don't know i I think that for this woman it is a buildup of situations it's not mm-hmm. the divorce that is causing her to want to kill herself it is it is a lot of different things it's that she wants this peace in her life she wants this thing that she loves she wants you know she wants a lot of things she's never going to get them and then the divorce happens and that's when she cracks like they say in the song explicitly mm-hmm. and then she cracked
1: yeah and I think that you're actually kinda of turning me on this because maybe she is she does have a history of depression, and that's why the husband leaves her. Cause I mean, depression is, is hard not only on you, but on the people around you. Yeah. It's it's I like to think of it as like a sort of a metastasizing cancer, like cause it gets into people.
0: It it does have a weird characterization of the husband, uh, in the verse. He took her heart and she took his name. He couldn't stand taking all the blame. Yeah.
3: He took her heart and she took his name. He couldn't stand taking all the blame left her only with guilt and shame and then
1: she cried. and that's what that was the line that made me think like maybe like she's depressed because i've i've had i don't want to out any of my partners or like anything but i've been been in relationships with people who have clinical depression and it's it's hard and you feel helpless because there's nothing you can do sure yeah and so like you're blaming yourself, that sort of stuff. So I don't think this guy is necessarily a shitty person. I mean, he shouldn't have left her when she needed him most. But at the same time, like if that's, you're in like a codependent relationship, yeah, like yeah. I mean, if he cared for it all, he should have gotten her into therapy or at least at least made that's sure she not was his okay. decision. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay.
2: I I so I think that there's a theme in the song of. uh, They say that Jesus and mental health are for those who can help themselves. Mm -hmm. So the first part of that, super problematic, you know, God helps those who help themselves. That sucks. But the second part, mental health is for those who can help themselves. There's a lot of truth in that. I think there's way more truth than not, Mm -hmm. because if someone doesn't want to do the thing to make them better, they're just not going to do it. There's not a single person in the world that can make you go to therapy, that Mm -hmm. can make you get on medication. And so, you know, I, I hear not wanting to leave someone in this spot, but at the same time, you know, you have your own self happiness and preservation mm-hmm. and all of that, that I think that you're more responsible for in a lot of senses than other people's. Yeah.
1: I mean, and it's, that's such a hard line to walk because on yeah. one hand, like you want to help somebody but on the other hand, I mean, they're a fucking adult too, right? Like you got to take some responsibility at some point. So that's, that's just such a tricky situation to be in. Yeah, yeah
0: for sure. Wow. A for all parties. <laughs> this sucks. This episode sucks. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Sorry, listeners. You this is like, You want to do another? D- uh, for woo <laughs> Let's do a wheel segment. <laughs> Not, we're going to have to. Oh. I do. I mean, I, I think that. Okay. So I want to talk about why. <laughs> what food or drink would you have with this song? <laughs> no, I don't want to do a stupid ass wheel okay. segment. Well, you're going to. Uh, But I'm going to Uh, No, what I want to say is the reason that I mean, we're going to do ratings, whatever. I love the song. It's fucking obvious. But the reason that I think I like this song and the reason I think this is a good song for Stephen Page to have written and that they perform and that he still does live is that it is written from someone who gets it. And I think that despite how depressing the song is and how sad the story is and how I don't think that there's a good ending here. I think that there's a lot of catharsis in hearing someone speak to your experience, mm-hmm. especially when that experience is being isolated, is feeling like nobody else gets it. Which is why, so when he when he hits that climax, when it's, it's way more trouble than some suicide is worth, and his voice cracks on that, I talk about that every time I mention this song because it kills me. Like, that's the point where, when I listen to the song, every time I consistently tear up. So prepping for this episode sucks. Sure. Really bad yeah, because I was at work. But fifty uh, times. Yeah. It's oh boy. I'm real dehydrated <laughs> buddy. But yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of catharsis in, you know, despite all the pain hearing that there's someone that kind of gets where yeah. you're coming from. Sure. So I think this is a good song for people who are depressed and suicidal to hear that, yeah. you know, someone gets it and someone is is speaking to that.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Is there a message? I don't think there's this song isn't Is it a good song for depressed, suicidal people to hear? Because there's no, like, it gets better at the end of this, is there? I mean, it depends on how you read it, right? So Uh if you're reading it as he decides to go on meds, he fought the war on drugs, but he lost, he decided to go on medication. Sure. Then things are going to get better. Things certainly aren't better at the end of the song. Right. Because another died in the world, just shrugged it off. So it's still depressing and sad Mm -hmm. and, and a downer. But I think that for people who are depressed, hearing that someone's speaking to your experience, that's positive. If you need to wallow in that feeling, this is a good song for that, obviously. But for someone who is neurotypical and doesn't get it, hasn't been suicidal, hasn't hasn't kind of visited that place, I think this offers a good degree of insight. Like maybe you're not gonna get it entirely, but I think that this speaks so truly to the experience that, you know, it's 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 worth the listen and it is a good song in describing what this is like.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah.
2: Okay.
1: No, I, I I definitely get that. Like, not. I can see how that re- that would resonate, and that's
0: pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. It's <That's> pretty cool. <laughs> that's, cool. <laughs> that's cool as hell. That's oh, always cool. <laughs> hey, hey. Cool it's as it's hell. hard. <laughs> I feel like a lot of times this episode, there's just gonna be big pregnant pauses where we're all looking at each other like, "Shit, where the fuck do we go from there?" Yeah. Uh, like how I about said, this? I, like, I think
1: this is a perfect album song. Like, a perfect song for an album.
0: Yeah, this could never be a single. Yeah, yeah.
1: It, it, never. No, yeah, but it's a perfect mid-album, mid-concert song. You know, where you're just you're just a. Uh,
0: Yeah, but people do fucking love this song. I mean, on YouTube, the comments are like, best song they've ever written,
2: what an incredible song. I think that speaks to what Emma was saying.
1: Yeah, absolutely. like, if you, if it gets, if you, if it gets you, it gets you. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean,
2: the, like half the I was looking at YouTube comments too. Like I said, and half the comments that are like the song is fucking great are like in 2014. I wanted to kill myself, and the song saved me. Or yeah. like this song got me off heroin is one Jesus. comment that I saw. Right. Yeah. So that th- dude misinterpreted. Warren, well, so. yeah. I <laughs> think <laughs> <laughs> he maybe missed. Yeah. He interpreted it differently. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough.
0: Um, yeah. There was a line I had problems with. How profound such profanity can be.
3: How profound such profanity. Anybody? No idea. Okay, yeah. all right. I'm just. I figured that
0: that was just gonna be something that sounded nice, but uh, is there any notes that we're missing here? Did anybody have things that I didn't mention, or anybody want to bring anything up?
2: Uh, I liked the ending of the song. There's no like chord resolution like you'd expect there to be. It just kind of trails off into nothingness, yeah. and it's on the line of you know another died. World just shrugged it off. Like this is not something that's ending. This yeah. is not something getting better. I don't know. The the song is. I feel like diegetic in a lot of ways. Yeah which is cool ooh, ooh. and i like that i know the <laughs> worst diegetic moment is the music dies won't it paper
3: cup music
0: falls yeah we get it stephen but yeah all yeah. right. there's that diegesis in this and song there were a
1: couple of missed opportunities for rhymes that i couldn't that like stuck out to me
0: let's fix those <laughs> rhymes <laughs>
1: The one that no one has ever sung since she was young.
0: Uh-huh. Not
1: uh, since she was small.
2: Oh, sure.
0: yeah. Okay.
1: Near where I live, there's a viaduct where people jump when they're about to get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> That's sure. way better. Did he Wait, even say Wait, luck that? is in the song. It still rhymes. You just it, think it could have been better. It, it should have mean, been better. No, sure. luck, luck kind of rhymes with viaduct. Oh, okay. And fucked <laughs> sounds better to me. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, just a couple couple little things that uh as I was listening to it fifty fucking times, I uh they just kinda got a little bit
0: bigger in my brain. Um, how about uh they say that Jesus and mental health are just for those who have hundreds of wealth. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just fucking RPG. <laughs> They say that Jesus and mental health are just for those who have perfect stealth. No, There we go. That's a good one too. Skyrim. They say that Jesus and mental health are just for those in the Boston Commonwealth. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. All right. Yeah. This song sucks. <laughs> All right. Yeah. There's a lot of, he uses a lot of assonance, die and alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yeah. That's very, and, think, uh, I, and I,
1: that was probably intentional because Stephen page is a much better songwriter oh, yeah. than me. I don't think that,
0: this did not strike me as as strange rhymes at all no. um all right I was well just being prickly let's uh talk about what anime this is about oh my goodness we have an anime read yes absolutely as of course we all know uh every single song on this album was written specifically by Stephen page the anime hate watcher about an, a certain obscure or not obscure 90s anime. This song in particular was written about Serial Experiments Lane, the 1998 science fiction anime with original character designs by Yoshitoshi Abe. Per Wikipedia, it explores themes per such as. Wikipedia? <laughs> <laughs> it explores themes. Let me tell you the themes. I thought you were just going to give me the description of no. it. You're just reading from Wikipedia. Well, I want the themes. Reality, identity, and communication through philosophy, computer history, cyberpunk literature, and conspiracy theory. Why don't you just it's about okay, a middle you. school girl named Lane who, upon receiving an email from a fellow student who previously committed Dude, suicide... I'm never letting you do this again. <laughs> ...finds herself being <laughs> gradually sucked into the increasingly bizarre world of The Wired, which is a speculative fiction sort of combo of TV, the internet, phones, and all that junk... There's a lot of question on what reality is when living in a post-VR society. Fine. Fuck you, Evan.
1: (laughs) Paraphrase, buddy. Paraphrase. I...
0: I just smashed thirteen half-hour episodes into a paragraph. That's
1: paraphrase. All right, what do you got? So, Lane, uh, Iwakura, uh, she's with her father and her sister and her mother. the The show deals a lot with uh, what?
0: I just realized I named the character designer. You're right. I probably could have cut him out, but I love you, Soshiyabe. Yeah, that wasn't very good paraphrase. So, the
1: show the show deals a lot with uh, isolation, dissociation, and like sort of hurting the people who are trying to help you, hurting yourself, and like feeding the thing that makes you sad. So, as she. Delves deeper into she's a she's a schoolgirl, like a fourteen year old uh, schoolgirl. so um, she delves deeper into this like uh, the wire being an the wired being an internet like a a, a super internet because it goes off of um what the fuck are those things called, Schumann Sh- resonances Schumann yes. yeah human resonance yeah that's the like the that particular. Uh, foible in the earth's electromagnetic field that like creates lightning actually and in the anime
0: they use it kind of as like uh we can communicate with electronics so it's like the internet
1: but with no lag and nothing like everybody can see everything all the time so it's sort of this like universal consciousness but so throughout the series she becomes more and more involved with a lot the wired and she develops uh split personalities actually as well um so she's got her her basically her schoolgirl persona like the childish persona Which, childish gambino
0: a childish gambino during the wikipedia entry i found out her three personas are lane lane and lane spelled right. in kanji and, katakana and, and hiragana yep or romaji or romaji right. yeah, yeah that's romaji right. is the
1: last one so but she's also got a bold persona and an evil persona but so, so it's sort of like dissociating also from the world and the this show ends with her literally abandoning her physical body and removing all memory of her from the people who care about her and that's not a suicide, but that's fucking close. Yeah. Right. You're you're a ghost basically, and yeah. you're a Deus Ex Machina, a literal god in the machine, and nobody remembers you. So it's just her watching them from an overpass as they see her and go, "Oh, uh, that person looks familiar." Yeah. But they don't remember her. So her sister. And there's yeah. also literal demons haunting her, her cyber demons. Yeah. Uh, controlled by the Knights of the Eastern Calculus. Um, so who actually most of them end up committing suicide yes. because <laughs> she gets the, she she tricks the evil hacker programmer into sending his men in black after them uh so basically he this guy this this uh masami ayari is like this hacker programmer who's sort of her antagonist but also he doesn't really come out as an antagonist till later in the show but that sort of seemed like depression to me he seemed like a physical manifestation of depression because he was at times seductive at times bullying at times like ingratiating and then also insulting like he would vary from time to time and i feel like at least as I understand it, depression sort of can take a lot of different forms. And a lot of times when you're depressed, you don't even realize you're depressed or, you know, you just kind of, and that that sort of, to me, he was sort of acting as like a, a figurative depression element in there. And I mean, Lane also does the thing that a lot of depressed people do is where she pushes away from everybody in the Mm. real world like and in the anime it actually turns out that they aren't her real family and that she's a sentient computer program yeah yeah. so but you can definitely and again i'm speaking from my limited experience with like situational depression and my experience with dealing with people who have depression and emma might be able to comment to this even more than i but um there's sort of a it's, it's sort of a self-feeding thing, right? Where you push away, you're depressed, so you push away the people who can help you, and that makes you more depressed because no one can help you. And I feel like Lane sort of does that. And eventually she finds... Not really help from within because she ends up committing a a spiritual sort of suicide that makes her godlike. So I don't know how that. Really yeah, comes. that one may really be problematic. Not <laughs> one <laughs> A little <laughs> bit problematic, but uh, you know. So and then the the last thing I would say is the the thing that stop that starts this whole like the the match that ignites this whole thing is a suicide yeah. note. Um, by one of her classmates, uh, Chisa Yomoda, who just kills herself, and uh, then the note comes and says, "Oh, I'm not dead. I'm actually uh, you know, in a computer. I'm a lawnmower man living in the computer." <laughs> So. It's
2: kind of a, I don't know. I have a lot of feelings about that. Now I want to watch this series again. I'm 15, so I've never. Yeah, heard it's it. super great. It's 1998 super... was 15 years before you were born. Oops. <laughs> it's super surreal yes.
1: and kind of nonlinear. So yeah. and it's very slow. A very slow. Bar. Very slow. Like the first. I remember watching it when I was with my friends and being like getting two episodes and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? This is just a anime <laughs> about a sad girl. It was one of my
0: <laughs> first anime ever. And I remember feeling like the coolest kid in school. Cause I was, wa- it's an art film. Basically yeah. you're watching 13 episodes. <laughs> and I was like, I fucking get this shit. <laughs> well, that was,
1: you weren't supposed to, cause you're an American, right? right? Yeah, the direct, yeah. the the, dire- the uh, director, was like I want to make something that is fundamentally Japanese yeah. for the Japanese because he felt like American culture was saturating their society. And he's yeah. like, I want to make this a Japanese thing, and the Americans loved it just as much as the Japanese. He's like, no, no, you're <laughs> not allowed to like
2: this. It's <laughs> not yours. This isn't for you. Uh,
0: yeah, and you know, I I think there's a lot of uh uh, is it hikikomoriism? Like, sort of like yeah, yeah that and that has a lot to do with depression. Japanese people who remove themselves entirely and and just stay in there. I mean, we see Lane not leaving her house for days and days mm-hmm. and days and days and just building this giant computer. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of that in there. Um, yeah. Good read, Evbo. Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) Here we go. On our own. Down down the only road we've ever known. (laughs) Let's talk about our ratings. (gasps) All right. Uh, as you know, and you know, and you know, uh, and our listeners don't, uh, we rate this song at a scale of bare naked to fully clothed. The more clothes this song is wearing, the worse it is. The less clothes, the better. As usual, ebbity debity, we start with you. What do you think? Let's say I go
1: I'm in therapy and I'm talking to my therapist and we're just going through you know our little bips and bobs as we always do mm-hmm. we're talking about my life talking about my feelings talking about how I think about stuff and um, like midway through the therapist uh, my therapist like sort of rolls up the cuffs on his uh, sleeves. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. It's a little hot in here. No big deal. And then, like, he's like, D- do you mind if I take my shoes off? I-, I-, I mean, I know this is all about your comfort here. Like, I, but you know, I, my feet are just so hot. I need to take off my fucking shoes. I'm like, yeah, sure, dude. Go ahead, man. It's your office. Like, I'm just a guest here. So, yeah, he takes off his shoes. He's wearing those little Argyle socks. And he's like, ooh, oh, ah. Oh. he just, like, starts to unroll the socks down like he's just like fiddling with them like like do you want to take your socks off too man i'm a barefooted boy like i love to take my shoes off i'm not wearing shoes right now (laughs) it's a weird therapy session (laughs) says you (laughs) yeah Yeah. i mean you don't know what kind of relationship i have with my therapist (laughs) you're right i'm sorry (laughs) so yeah he takes off his shoes he's got his cuffs rolled back he's got like his suit jacket with like he takes off his suit jacket you know puts it on the thing he's like you know i'm just Let's just dispense with all this. I'm gonna take off my button down shirt. I got a t shirt underneath, it's not that big of a deal. Like and I'm like, Yeah, it's fine, man. I came in in shorts and a t shirt. We're good here. So he takes it off and then we continue our therapy session and it's the best. I have a huge breakthrough. I feel really good. I like understand the world better. And I'm like, you know, from now on, I think we're just gonna go like business casual here. Uh huh. <laughs> like so what... you wanna wear a t shirt, you go ahead. What did he you end up wearing? To... He's wearing slacks. He's wearing slacks, okay. no socks, uh and a t shirt. T shirt. Yep. Okay. There he Any goes. design on the t shirt? Uh yeah, it's my face.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he took off his butt. It was his big surprise, but neither of you talked about yeah. it earlier. Well, that was the breakthrough. It at- yeah. <laughs> it's the breakthrough, got it. It's like, yes,
1: I do try and look for I try to see myself in others. Oh, uh-huh. damn.
0: It's deep, Evan. I do. I cover myself with layers, of things, and I just need <laughs> to expose myself to the world. Yes. I need to expose myself, and then you ran to his window and pulled your pants down. <laughs> nope, nope. That song, that's not naked enough. <laughs> okay, so yeah. This
1: song is a uh, this song is business casual. Like business casual. I recognize it's a it's a good song. I recognize that it means like therapy is really helpful to a lot of people. Varying degrees of clothes to helpful to a lot of different
0: people, <laughs> but you know, it's it's not for sure. me. It's sure. not for me. Fade in. <laughs> <laughs> 2264. <laughs> is, we find ourselves with the dust blowing on the arid uh, desert uh, somewhere in the Middle East. And we oh have. Oh, God. Are you going to go full like, our narrator, cultural appropriation and have Brian like, the <laughs> Brian, a nice Brian Peppers. Brian Peppers, narrator of Cell, Cell, Cell and uh, Helicopters, <laughs> is trooping across the desert and White Noise. And white noise. <laughs> oh, your bright peppers is not the narrator <laughs> of white noise. Done. Um, and he finds himself at the mouth of a cave. And he says, this is, this is where it ends. <laughs>
3: Diamond in the room. All the police
0: and call my friends. Well, <laughs> oh, there's another song about suicide actually. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and he, he starts to march down into this cave because he knows that's where his ultimate antagonist is. And uh, he, he marches down and, and on the way, he feels himself. He's looking around, but the, it's getting dark in there. And he trips over this trip wire, and says, oh fuck! And to his <laughs> side, <laughs> Brian Pepper. Yeah. Oh, shit! Uh, he hears this giant explosion, uh, which tears off his flak jacket and and his, uh, his, his part of his shirt and his, part of his pants. Two days away from retirement, Brian <laughs> Pepper. But of course, it doesn't hurt him because all it is is a, a, a sadness bomb. And he remembers the worst things that have ever happened so to him. So it tears during. off his clothes and
1: makes him feel sad. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It's got a wave of emotion that hits him, but it's a very physical wave, right? Or wait, maybe he tears the clothes off as he's in, oh, in the throes of his emotion. Cathartic, yeah. And then he feels better. And so he goes further down. And when he goes further down, he falls into a, a pit. But that pit is not filled with spikes. It's filled with pointed feelings. <laughs> He gets stabbed with all of these, you know, negative thoughts and emotions. Inadequacies and anxieties. Yes, anxiety. And then he finally gets to the the bottom of the cave and down there is... Of course, his ultimate nemesis, drugs. And drugs says, I never thought you'd find me here. And Brian says, Oh, I found you, motherfucker. And he just shoots him until he's dead. And that's the drugs? drugs. Who shoots who? Brian shoots drugs. Got it. Okay. 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 Brian has and to Brian survive to like, the next song. Brian's <laughs>
1: crying. His mascara is running. Oh, yeah. yeah. Crying, crying Brian. Like ugly cry. Like, like, ugly cry. His face is all puffy. <laughs> <laughs> he <dispatch> <laughs>
0: I'm going to kill you, man. <laughs> And Uh, and
1: Drugs goes, if you kill me, you kill yourself.
0: uh, Exactly. (laughs) And as he shoots Drugs, he realizes that's true. He realizes it's just a mirror and it (laughs) shatters. Oh, and the fun house and Drugs escapes. (laughs) They built a fun house At the bottom of this cape Anyway uh, By the end of the adventure Brian has uh, Just scraps Of fabric on him He's got like The neck of his shirt And like a little scrap Of it hanging down A cape blowing in the wind Made from his shirt And he's got underwear And just like Hulk pants Purple pants on Where they're ripped No shoes No socks No service For Brian Pepper Uh, I I really like this song a lot I um I just wanted a Coke Zero (laughs) That's what he always says. His famous His catchphrase. catchphrase.
2: <laughs> and what'd you think? Uh, okay. So this song for me is uh, a significant other of mine who I go to their apartment uh, on the weekend to to yeah. hang out and Netflix and chill and whatever else their old apartment, do. their old apartment where I used to live. Mm-hmm. Welcome. Okay. Uh, but I, I show up at the door and I knock uh, and they uh, they don't answer uh, and so I use the key that I have to get into the apartment and I don't see them downstairs and so I walk up to the bedroom uh, and I, I see them lying on the ground they're living but <laughs> okay. they, are, uh, they are they are they are butt ass naked but in that very special kind of like depressive episode of like, I can't do laundry and I haven't for three months, so I don't have any clothes and it's not my choice. They haven't showered for a week and a half. They haven't eaten anything other than shredded cheese from their fridge <laughs> for three days.
1: Hey, at least they're eating.
2: At least they're eating. Uh, but yeah, this song is, is butt ass naked for me, Wow. Uh, but they're my significant other. So I get why other people may not be into that. Okay. Interesting. Wow. Well, I mean, this
0: is, I would never expect you to have had the most clothed read on this song, Ev. I'm surprised. Why? I don't know. It felt emotional. You're an emotional man. <laughs> yeah, and you're not. So why did you like this one? I don't know. I thought it was sweet. Okay. It's sweet? We'll be right back with more It's All Been Done, a naked Ladies podcast. <laughs> Hey, Evan. Hi, ta
1: ta ta! Uh, came to my house the other day. He brought me one large french fry. That's where you just cut the potato in a long rectangle and deep fry that shit.
0: It was an award
1: winning fair okay. potato, right? It okay, was. What I want to do
0: is. Listening? Peel. Okay,
1: bear with me now. Bear with bear me. <laughs> me. Bear with me tonight, okay? <laughs> Be with me tonight when I take a potato. I'm going to. I don't know if this is impossible because you're going to need like the thick spaghetti. Poke it full of spaghetti. Okay. Then put it in the water so it boils.
0: Poor baby and me.
1: (laughs) So like you have a, you'll have your potato, but you'll also have your spaghetti starch. Then when you got, so it's gonna be like this big ball of like, I don't know if it'll turn to a mashed potato with spaghetti in it. That's what I want. (laughs) (laughs) I realized halfway through that little supposition that that's where I was going.
0: (laughs) I'm like, wait, do I really, really want
1: this? So what? so what would you put on it though? Would you put gravy or marinara? marinara.
0: <laughs> uh, you put gravy on mashed. Po- oh yeah, I don't. I forgot mashed potatoes and gravy is a food. Yeah, That's a thing. Eat. I usually
1: don't. I usually. I, I feel like if you need gravy for your mashed potatoes, you're doing mashed potatoes. Right? Yes. Like mashed potatoes, you should butter, like, salt a stick of butter. Ball- yeah. And yes. maybe garlic or chive sure. if you're feeling that. If you're feeling spicy. Yeah.
0: So what what is the advantage to shoving spaghetti in the potato rather than just making mashed potatoes and spaghetti? Because it cooks in, in it. one pot. <laughs> it's a one pot meal. One yeah, pot meal. which you have to take your core or core out the center. It's you still have to, very hard to core the center. Like if you get the thick spaghetti
1: noodles. Like we're talking like we're not talking angel here. We're talking the big old hefty. Sure. Bowls okay. Lasagna noodles. Fettuccine.
0: <laughs> I bet I bet you could poke them through a potato. I guess. Oh, so you're not coring the potato? You're yes. just. Oh no, you can't Ev. The potatoes are hard. <laughs> Even if you have a a, a firm noodle, we'll see. <laughs> Will we? Right. We'll see next week. Um, on. <laughs> I think I might core the potato, shove it full of macaroni, and then duct tape over the hole. And then just I don't think the duct tape, uh, like, is gonna stay on in the boiled water. Flex seal? Flex tape? What is that stuff? That's something that stays on in water. You should do,
1: what you should do is core the potato, pour it full of macaroni, then get a sous vide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you vacuum seal it in a bag, then you put in the sous vide for like 82 hours because Jesus. you know we got plenty of fucking time <laughs> to like cook it. Because you know who's got a life? You just got to you just got time to like slowly. It's like a slow cooker. It kind of is, except you have to watch watch it. Do you really? Yeah, you can't just, like, set and forget a sous vide. Really? Yeah, I think you actually need to be around, because it's mostly for meat and shit. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't want to, like, leave it in there for 1,100 hours. Well. I know
0: nothing about sous vide, actually. I just realized halfway through
1: talking. I'm going to make a broad generalization about it, though.
0: You know who else loves to make broad generalizations? Then you stuff it in a sandwich. Oh, shit. Starch on, starch on, starch. Starch. Nervous Rex. That's right. 50% rewatch, 50% first watch, 100 percent trauma. Joe revisits the anime Neon Genesis Evangelion while Chris watches it for the first time. And they unpack everything they see. That's right. That's all the information I have on this show. <laughs> I scrolled down to say some iTunes reviews, but apparently there are none. So it's two So leave an iTunes review for <laughs> Nervous Rex. Two folks watching Neon Genesis Ava. Have you seen Ava? I've
1: seen bits and pieces of it. I don't think you could, I, like I was adjacent to a lot of people watching sure. Ava, and I basically, from all my anime friends telling me all about it constantly, I kind of get what it is, mm. and I just haven't really felt the need to go back. And I
0: feel it. like you would hate it. I've
1: watched a couple episodes of it, piecemeal. And yeah. It's, I don't think that's I realize how formative it is in the canon of yes. you know, anime everything. Yes. And I get what it did. So right. So I don't feel like it's
0: like like I need to go back and watch it. Watching it piecemeal, I feel like would not do it any favors. I feel like right. it is meant to be taken as a big boy. But I don't really like anime. That's true. So Well, we're done with that line of yeah. discussion. Get out of here, Evan. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, listen to Nervous Rex and give it an iTunes <laughs> yeah, review. Yeah, I was
1: actually thinking I might listen to it because then I can get all the Evangelion shit without actually having to watch Evangelion. Sure, it's like watching somebody eat a bowl of pasta. I've done that before. Where like I've, I've just listened to like movie reviews on podcasts or something because yeah. I didn't have the time
0: to go to the theater. Or sure, like you know, that sort of stuff. So, would you say that you? I will
1: turn my whole life upside down.
0: Yes. Uh, would you say that you? Um, you know, produce a podcast where you read the wikipedia pages for all the movies you were too spooked to watch in the real world? Oh my god. Why that's wikipedia. From Are the you orange fucking girls. kidding me. It's a double commercial. That's a real fucking program? Andrew stuck in some sort of purgatory with no one except an egg statue and an evil producer to keep him company. So that's how he passes his time. He reads Wikipedia entries for spooky things. Oh, he's just reading them or is he commenting on them? I don't...
1: Listen, I'm I'm reading you the description that we have. Because I really like spooky things. Yeah. But I mean... I don't know. I can read a Wikipedia page on my own.
0: That's when I... I wonder. I wonder if mean, He's, he's just, got to be adding something to it, I right? assume there's some sort of commentary added okay. to this. They should force us to listen to an episode well, of I've all... Well, I've been of, trying to listen to a bunch of different yeah, episodes.
1: I, I yeah. listened to a There's couple, just a lot of programs on this
0: network. A shit ton, yeah. And it's hard, because I already listened to 900 podcasts, so I ain't got the time. But you do, listeners, so listen to Nervous Rex and just, Wikipedia. Just cut
1: out... You know, an hour and a half of doughboys talking about like their toes, and then you'll be probably have plenty of extra time. <laughs> but
0: I like the toe talk.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> Welcome to toe
0: talk. We're the dough boots. They call it toe boys. Give me a fucking break of it. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and we're back with more It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Now's the time in the show when we spin that big wheel and figure out what the heck we going to do. Today, our wheel segment is. Everything old is new again. Every wheel segment was going to be hard, and this is might be the easiest one. Score a scene from media with this song. So what scene from media can be scored by War on? Dro- I mean, I Sounds feel like, like a, it's like got
1: to be the ending. Yeah, or any sort of Duplass brothers Ugh. like naval gazing
0: mumblecore. Damn, dude! because <laughs> well, it's so on the nose. Right. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, that,
1: you're right. That could. This could fit in, the, in any scene in one of those movies where the main character is walking down a street for an extended period of time. Sure.
2: I feel like it would have to be some sort of like Requiem for a Dream. Uh... I mean, I could see this in like a coming-of-age like, teen movie where they're at their lowest before they're about to bounce back for the finale. Yeah, mm.
0: I guess I'm reading it to... For me, this is when the jet engine falls on Donnie Darko. Sure. That's, mm-hmm. when... That's it. I think you got it. <laughs> Instead of Mad World, I want war on drugs to be playing at that point um yeah this is a modern
1: retelling of wizard of oz where dorothy is um seriously It's like wizard of oz return to oz yeah it's literally return Return to oz Oz. there i go yeah there i go (laughs) (laughs) what is return to oz i don't know it oh god it's the second wizard of oz movies from like the 80s or something yeah
2: something like that i I haven't seen the whole thing but
1: i was traumatized by it as a kid like it it's, it's it's a Awful. It's dark? Yeah. Very dark. Grimdark. Well, it's she comes back from Oz and no one believes that she went to Oz, so she gets put in a psychiatric ward. Jesus. And they're giving her shock therapy and she escapes back to Oz, but you're never sure if Oz is real or just oh, in yeah. her mind. I mean, the
2: implication is that she kills herself and oh. that's how she gets back. Oh yeah, my and god.
1: Yeah. Yeah, great, great movie so this is
2: on the nose yeah yeah, we'll, yeah. Do, we'll do
1: a double feature of that and uh i don't know i'm trying to think of some other movie that <laughs> the I, donnie I, darko i wasn't the rats, the, rats the rats of nim or something oh, uh, something that'll just make us oh that might i can't believe or plague dogs like i can't believe I, oh, they, my parents let me watch these as kids yeah They're like oh it's cartoons it's wizard of Oz. take it take a gander at this little son <laughs> the vhs from like blockbuster video
0: I've had the same, like, uh, you know, the day before Christmas or whatever, we bring in movies sometimes. And when I was first starting my teaching career, because I'm a teacher, uh, the... Um, wow, okay. Well, I realized that it's not clear when I said Show the off. day before Christmas we bring in movies. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to clarify. Um, so uh, I brought I was like, what PG movies do We're I have? We're all teachers. And I was, looking, <laughs> I was looking through all my movies. And I was like, oh, Back to the Future is PG. And so I brought it in and like... There's some, like, you're going to see some serious shit. And I was like, wow, <laughs> PG movies used or to like be... the almost rape scene. Yeah. Like, there's yeah, some yeah. like dicey. I just was just looking at ratings and I was like, oh, PG movie. Perfect. I love back to the future. Not even thinking about like the yeah. stuff that I didn't remember about it. But... So
2: what are you going to take in this year? Since you know, uh, Back to the Future is bad. I was gonna bad. take in uh, Ch- Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> the remake or the Texas
1: Chainsaw Massacre PG?
0: The, yeah, I was gonna do a <laughs> the my director's own cut edit. Yeah, <laughs> just about, yeah, it's
1: just about uh, a bunch of like kids stopping at a house and then leaving the house. <laughs> <laughs> we sure had a good time at that Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's just a voiceover <laughs> as the fucking thing
0: drives away. Yeah. Well, that <laughs> was a fun stopover. And then the the rest of the day, I'm just gonna stare quietly at my children. <laughs> <laughs> as they ask me what's happening next. Uh, and I'm going to score that with War on Drugs as I stare <laughs> at my children. I'm going to play that song in the background. All right. Now it's time for some bare naked males. This is the part where we take emails from our friends. Our fans are tiny little muffins. We have a question here from our friend, James. 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 <laughs> Hi, James. James. Um, James has two questions. Ev, do you want one or two? Uh, always two. Two. The bare naked ladies have heard about your podcast. You can't tell if they're happy or angry. They invite you to the big sprawling mansion where they all live together. And soon it becomes clear, this is a clue situation. What room will each band member try to murder you in and what weapon do they use? You do not have to use the specific rooms and weapons from the game. (laughs) thank you for the very specific parameters james hey
1: i like i like parameters i like specificity i'm a fan yeah, saker's a fan so thank you james yes thank you that james. was a perfect question
0: <laughs> it was immaculate in fact i don't even want the second question this is so good okay we'll save it for another rep. Oh, you just want me to delete this email entirely after Please this? Please do. Okay, fuck you, James. <laughs> just kidding, James. I want your more. Like, I if, want your money. If his other second question is as good as this first one? <laughs> I'm just gonna spend the whole time talking about how good this question is. Uh, okay, uh, let's just go around the table. There's three of us. There's six ladies. Uh, Emma, you're going to start with with Stephen Page,
2: because that's the only member that I really know. Okay, what room and what Uh, weapon? He's in the torture dungeon in the basement of their manor, which they have. (laughs) He's the king. (laughs) He is. Uh Uh, And his weapon is a cinder block that he keeps on him at all times. It's
0: a cinder block on the end of a long stick <laughs> that he pretends is a like hammer. A, like a piece yes. of iron. Yeah. Like an iron pipe with a <laughs> yes, cinder block. Like, I guess it would be drilled through the cinder block. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. That checks yeah. out. And he wears a... Does he wear a mask of some sort? Is yeah. he the executioner? He is the executioner. Okay, I'm just checking. He probably wears like a, one of those... like. A, plastic
1: like face masks yeah like the ones where that there's a visor you can flip down just to keep like the blood off like, like, a, sure. like a a welder's welding. mask yeah. <laughs> yeah not like a but a, not quite a welder's mask it's just for like butchers like butchers sa- as, oh, okay, you're, like, okay, as you're like as you're like using like a bone saw sure. or something and you sure. don't want or, or uh surgeons to sure. wear stuff like that
0: uh have you got one uh
1: sure. i can go next oh sure. okay sure. Go ahead. sure. sure sure uh kevin lures you up to the roof Uh the rooftop garden um it's full of like you don't know how they did it but they've got weeping willows and like full-on like hanging shrubs like the hanging gardens of babylon you're like Mm -hmm. whoa this is amazing as yeah it is isn't it (laughs) and uh you just see him silhouette in the sunlight and he extends his hand to you Uh uh-huh and you walk towards him and you're like He's like, I want to go on a walk with you through the garden. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I'd love to. And he's like, I I wrote a song especially for this (laughs) occasion. And then you just then the the slow sort of meandering synthesized keyboard cuts in. You're like, yeah. I'm really feeling this. The moon is overhead. It's partially occluded. There's a slight breeze coming in. You extend your hand. You step up onto the steps, and then you just fall forward because it's not Kevin. It's a hologram. Oh, you step right through shit. him, and you just hear <laughs> 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 another one. And then you just fall into a pile of bodies because <laughs> this is not the
0: first time he's done this, nor the last. <laughs> the best clue murder is Kevin in the gardens with the hologram. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine is the. Uh, I, I, you two have gone off on your own adventures. We're I, dead. I, I, We're you're back. dead. But you're going to have to die again. Uh, I am going to just, I'm sleepy. And so, uh, I go to the master bedroom cause I want to get bed check. I want the biggest bed in the whole house. Uh, That's so Ed, that would be Ed's bed, Ed bed. It's Ed the bed. Ed bed. Yeah. Um, but there's no Ed in the room. And so I'm just like, oh, well I guess I'm going to, I'm going to take this bedroom. I put my stuff down and. You know, I feel like I'm full of energy. I feel like I'm just bed checking and then I'm going to go out and eat some pizza and explore the mansion. But as soon as I get there, I'm oh, so sleepy in this room and maybe it's just time to take a little, I'm just going to take a little nap before dinner and then I'm going to go downstairs to meet up with my friends. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> I made you sleepy. <laughs> Both of you are yawning. Did you ever do that? Like, Yeah, but it's funny that <sighs> I could just take a yawn. <sighs> could oh, just stop, stop. <laughs> I don't really talk about this. <laughs>
1: Don't you ever do that? Like if you if you think someone's watching you, you'll fake a yawn no. and then you, you can tell if they're watching you because they'll yawn too, because it's contagious.
0: That is manipulative. Well <laughs> No, I'm not just kidding. I'm not, sorry. I mean, um, to see if somebody's watching you. And then and then I, I tuck myself in under, can't, under stop. The can't stop, won't stop. I tuck myself in under the covers and I'm just closing my eyes and I can't believe I've never been this
4: sleepy
0: book <laughs> in my life. And just as I'm closing my eyes, I think I hear something crawling out from under the bed, and I see Jim coming up from under the (laughs) bed, and he's got all this white and black face makeup on, and I go, Jim, is it you? (laughs) And he says... It's not me, Jim. I'm the Sleepy Man, <laughs> and he—he's trying to model himself after the the Slender Man or the Bye Bye Man, but he calls himself the Sleepy Man, <laughs> and he likes to fill the room with gas, and uh, they sleep forever. But he's also wearing a mask, or can he breathe the gas? Uh, he, he can t- breathe. But he's he's developed an immunity to the gas. He eats a little bit of it every morning, <laughs> so now he's got immunity to yeah. the gas.
1: Just like I shoot myself with tiny bullets every morning, <laughs> so I can be immune to guns.
2: Do you work yourself up like small to larger? To yeah, larger I, he's <laughs> been shooting himself with cannonball I, mean, I mean what yeah what are caliber know?
1: are you on buddy uh, I don't even know what Cannon caliber ball. you mean cannonball Mm-hmm. He's mobile. up to Soul Calibur 6. Yeah.
2: Go ahead, M. Great. Uh, so after I die at the hands of Stephen Page <laughs> in the basement with the sure. murder weapon. You resurrect in the clone chamber. Uh, yeah. And I step out of the clone <laughs> chamber and I hear some music in the distance. It's this nice little plinking oh, guitar. This
0: is Castle Page. We've
2: talked about Castle Page many times. Yeah. He does have a clone chamber in Castle Page. Obviously okay, sure. Uh, so I hear this uh, this beautiful like plinking sort of countryish ish guitar uh, somewhere off in the distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, fuck, what is that? That sounds great. And so I go wandering through the house, uh, getting closer and closer to it, and I see... Uh, you know the door open to the the bedroom, and I see your dead body, and I see the pile of bodies outside from the hanging gardens. They're all. I say, me. oh, that's kind of weird. Fell <laughs> 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 for it again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I, I make it to uh, to the attic, uh, which is nothing but a bathroom, uh, and I, I open the door, it's and behind it I see uh, I see Ed with uh, with his guitar doing a bathroom session, <laughs> and he uh, he stops playing as soon as I come in, and I see his face in the mirror just go slack, uh-huh. and then his eyes roll back in his head, <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, he turns around very slowly to me holding his guitar, and he said, "No one's supposed to see this." <laughs> he grips the guitar with both hands, and I stand there transfixed as he beats me to All death right. with his guitar. He elkabongs you what's
1: so maybe about what's so maybe about what's so maybe and he just <laughs> <laughs> to, to
2: the... that's the
0: last thing she hears on a loop yeah sure ev you got your choice all right who are you gonna stick me with who's left ty and andy oh
1: the cream <laughs> i can take crop. andy oh no i had a good one for okay, Andy. okay god yeah well it's gonna use both of them because i thought i thought we were running, i thought we were including andy, so it. i thought that tyler was gonna be the end do but, it but i'll include both of them okay so um so i wake up not in the clone chamber but in like strapped to a chair like so before my clone came back to life like full to life it had been carried to this chair and i'm strapped in and there's some sort of contraption on my head and then this little like i'm just like looking around what's going on what's going on and there's like this um those like saline bags and there's like a i have a Oh, I thought you said I had something on my nose. But um, I've got the, uh, what are those things? IV. IVs. This,
0: I think the second episode in a row you've forgotten the word IV, which is very <laughs> strange to me. I say a lot of words every episode <laughs> and I forget like two of them. <laughs> They always have to be me... I and V. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I don't remember those letters. But uh, yeah, so I'm looking around. and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And then I hear, and this little teeny <laughs> tricycle <laughs> comes up, and it's like a puppet of Tyler. Uh-huh. Oh god. And uh, I'm like, oh my god, what, what? And I look down and I see Tyler there, but there's also a dead body on the floor already, like it, just in a pile of blood. And uh, um... <laughs> Tyler says, "I want to play a game. <laughs> right. What are you scared of?" So, uh, uh, pretty much fucking everything <laughs> at this point. I've been killed how many times? And uh, then the, he says, "Well, you've only got five minutes to solve my rhythm puzzle. I'm gonna play drum beats on there, and you need to replicate them on this Casio keyboard." Uh-huh. <laughs> So um, he plays simple rhythm and he plays surprisingly simple rhythms because Tyler has no talent at all. Damn. I'm just kidding. They're really complex polyrhythms, okay. and I can't replicate them. But when the thing explodes, it just explodes into confetti and spun sugar because mm-hmm. Tyler is a sweetheart. He's a funny He'll guy. He'll always be a sweetheart. <laughs> and uh, he's like, oh, you solved my mystery. What <laughs> the fuck? Now you get to come to Tyler's party dungeon. <laughs> And uh, so I just get led into part of dungeon. But as I'm led, led away, the uh, body in the pile of blood stands up, and it's Andy Cregan, of, uh-huh. course. <laughs> of course. He's got. <laughs> and it just uh it just uh, goes into a pov of him following me through this party dungeon and you gotta go through the ballroom i go through the reverse slide that's where you sit on the bottom of the slide and it just <laughs> sucks, sucks you up Yeah, <laughs> it's a vacuum yeah tyler has the best stuff yeah uh, and then we eat garbage plates all night <laughs> and then as i lay there just completely satisfied tyler looks you see him look his head turns and andy has been standing the shadow and, and he says okay it's okay now <laughs> and then andy slowly creeps into the room and the screen goes black oh,
0: jesus he's happy now he yeah. can die it's really terrifying yeah. um we cut back to i'm the judas goat <laughs> <laughs> we cut back to the clone chamber and kevin walks in and checks each of our three pods and says master they're not regenerating anymore we've finally done it and then we see this dark corner and i'm actually seeing all this because i'm hiding behind over, i'm maybe? hiding behind a wall and I, 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 I'm I, like, oh, I escaped my clone chamber early. And I, I don't think they see me. And and he looks back into the darkness. And something, a green glow, alights in the back of the darkness. And we see this throne, this chair. And on this chair is a man wearing a crown of bone. And he's got a scepter made of amphibia in his hand. His robes and, are human faces. <laughs> <laughs> and when I hear him talk, I hear him panning from ear to ear. <laughs> And he says, Master Inello, we've done it. They're all dead. And Ron Inello on the throne says, not yet. He plays his trombone. My little one. And I see him point to me peeking out from behind the corner. I go, no. And that's when it cuts the credits. I hope you enjoyed that, James. That's how we all die several times. All right. We did it. Another epo in the books. In them books. Um, you can follow us on Facebook, at BindumPod on Facebook, at BindumPod on Twitter. You can support the Orange Groves. They help us make this show, patreon.com slash the Orange Groves. Please do support them. Please do support them. If you support them at the $10 mark, you can start hearing our snack time bonus hips. Um, which should be maybe out by now, hopefully, the mm-hmm. first 179. Um, and uh, you could join the Discord. We have the link in our uh, in our thing. In Come our talk to notes. Saker. He'll compliment you. I talk everybody on I'll the Discord. I'll read and not reply. That's You've joined the Discord twice now. You joined as E. Dickon and then as Evan Dickon.
1: I don't care. I'm just trying to push up our numbers, right? <laughs>
0: you might be everyone on that Discord, possibly. I could be. Oh, solipsism. Um, all right. Ev, what do you got to plug this week? God damn it. Actually... Let me go to M first. M, thank you for being on the cast
2: today. <laughs> thank you guys so much for uh, having Is there me. anything that you want to plug? You uh, have a podcast coming out, right? Uh, no, I sure don't, buddy. <laughs> okay. Uh, I just want to plug for everybody to take care of yourselves. And if you need help, reach out and get help. It, it helps <laughs> to get help. Uh, I mean, the plug that I have, I guess, is uh, get help if you need it. Uh, there's National Suicide Hotline. I, As Sager said at the beginning, I volunteered for it. It's a wonderful resource. Uh, you can call 1-800-273-TALK and any city in the, the continental U.S. I assume non-continental U.S. too. Alaska. Ask Hawaii, get fucked. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got their own resources, but uh, if you Google suicide, there's there's stuff to help, so... Okay, If you M. need help, get it.
0: Uh, thank you so much for being on. We appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Emma. Ev, what do you have to plug this week? Everything Emma said, plus also a little bit more. <laughs> okay. What's the more? Um you know just whatever whatever emma said but you know like but better better just do, <laughs> yes. do it do it more do it more competently yeah, do like, it in a yeah better Seriously. turn a voice not shittily yeah yeah therapy cannot be overrated
0: i agree i believe in the prozac nation
1: come on now now <laughs> <laughs> well
0: abo, yeah bye-bye bye <laughs> see we'll you, see you again, again in and one and...